Welcome to the Nova Church Podcast. Thanks for taking the time to get into God's Word with us today. To find out more, you can head to novachurch.com. It's good to be with you. Um, like Sam said before, I'm Josh. I've met a bunch of you before. I've been in Adelaide. And, and uh, I feel, you know, I love firstly that this is a, a young room. By young, I, I don't mean this is immature. I don't believe this is not reaches potential. I, I just believe that God's done something unique in this room. And as someone, look, I'm 40 in August, right? I'm just a few years ahead of you. And, and what I want to just share and encourage you with tonight is that wherever you find yourself today does not have to be the destination that in we look at the Bible and the Bible rarely talks about destinations. And so often we're looking at ourselves, how we are going, how we're doing this year. Is this the year I get in a relationship? Is this the year I get a house? Is this the year I get a job? As most of you just think, is this the year I get in a relationship? Who are we kidding? And, 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 and we look at destinations. When God talked to Abraham, He didn't talk about destination. He said, just follow me to a place I'll show you. When Jesus talked to the disciples, He never talked about a destination. He said, just drop your nets and follow me. Uh, what we have to understand is, is that wherever you find yourself, oh, I've got a word for you today. It's called, just keep digging. And I just feel that if you just keep pushing in, keep on believing, keep on walking. The Bible says that when you follow the good shepherd in Psalm 23, it finishes by saying, surely. Everyone say, surely. All right, now this time everyone say, surely. Says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Doesn't matter if you're there yet, in the relationship yet, in the job yet, in the house yet, got the answer yet, got the breakthrough yet, got the loan yet, got the degree yet. Doesn't matter where you are. If you keep following Him, young person, not that you're young in any way. I don't mean, I mean that as the biggest compliment. Just as someone a few years on, if you keep on following Him, you keep stepping one day at a time. Surely, everyone say surely. Surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. So I want to encourage you in this because we're starting a new year and, and I just want to encourage you in faith what God can do because 2020 felt a little bit like a car crash. So I'll tell you a story I think that fits the picture pretty well. And it was when I first got my license, I was, uh, my, my dad was a police officer, my mum's Chilean and put them together and it's a cocktail of fear. And so I wasn't allowed to have a girlfriend until I was 24, literally a grown man. And they were still making decisions for me. You think your life's tough. And I didn't catch a bus to my first day of university and try to get off the bus and it was at a traffic light, not a bus stop. So I have no clue what I was doing. And, and I wasn't allowed to get my license at 16 and, I went back and forth with my parents and argued about this and said it was unfair and just said I needed to, to soar and, and to get out there and spread my wings. And, and they said no. And we went back and forth. And eventually at 18, my parents said I could get my license. Still dealing with it, seeing a counsellor right to this day. I got my license, six months of driving, was ready. I'd been practising for two years. Straight away passed, got my licence, got my P six months later. And I went to my dad and said, Dad, hand me the keys to the car. We had a big yellow Ford station wagon. We called it the Big Banana. I said, Dad, hand me the cars to the Big Banana. And he said, Josh, maybe we just wait a little bit longer. And I'm like, Dad, come on, I'm a peacock. Let me soar, let me go, just give me the keys. So we had this moment and, we go, and the dad said, all right, you can go for one lap around the block. Been waiting for two years, six months, and he gives me one lap around the block. And I said, I'm desperate. I said, I'll take it. Give me the, Jess knows my dad, Glenn, you know, he says, yeah, you get it. And he's a, and he says, one lap around the block as he strokes his moustache and evilness. And we walked out the front and my brothers are there and my mum's there and dad's there. And my brothers are like, take the car sideways. And my mum's praying in tongues and she releases some pigeons and, and they weren't doves, we're super poor. And, and my dad's like, if you crash the car, and so I reverse out and I put my mixtape in and that I've been making for two years and, and, you know, just ready for this moment. And we weren't allowed to listen to non-Christian music. So it was DC Talk. They, they were cool back. 
a while ago, and uh, and I snuck in there blue by Eiffel 65, and, and I went for, a, as some of the old people know that, and, and, and went for one lap around the block, and I'm cruising well, and I'm checking on my blind spots, and I get to the last intersection in Mobbery right before I get home, and I get a green light to turn right. I'm in the right lane, I, I turn out into the intersection, and I just get this feeling to look to my right as I pull into the intersection. And as I do, a vehicle goes through a red light, with literally the oldest man you have ever seen. I mean this, if you know your Bible, Methuselah is alive today and he is driving the streets of Adelaide and he goes through and I say a vehicle because it wasn't a car, it was a truck. Methuselah is in Adelaide driving a truck. Watch out young people. And he goes through the truck and literally takes out the front of my car with a squashed banana. And, and so... Uh, I can't believe this. I'm on my last little drive home, been waiting for years, my first time. And, and this is the moment. This is my moment to shine. This is the moment where I get freedom. And, and this guy takes my car out. So I leave my car for a moment and I go to see if he's okay. Of course he's okay. He'll live forever. And I go back to my car and I get out my phone and I ring my dad. I'm like, Dad, you're a good dad. He's like, what's wrong, Josh? I said, Dad, you're wise to make me wait. I thought I should drive early, but you were correct. And I'm never going to disagree with you again. And he's like, Dad, and you said, Josh, have you been in a car accident? I'm like, no, Dad. It was a truck. <laughs> and, and I got home and, and you know, I just, just made it home. And my brothers are like, you took it sideways. And my mum had killed the pigeons. Again, poor. <laughs> it was dinner. And my dad, who I thought was going to lose his mind, said, it's cool. Let's get it fixed. Get back in the car. And, and, and where I thought he was going to go, it's over. He just told me, no, you've got to get back in the car. It wasn't your fault. 2020 is like, we've got all the dreams, all the moments, here we go, and we get started, and a flipping bat takes us out. <laughs> and I just want to say to you, you just got to keep on going, keep on believing, keep on praying, because whatever delay you've had in your life, whether it be to 2020, or just the last season, or the broken relationship, or the job that let you down, or the person that never saw you, or the thing from, I mean, this stuff is real. We've got to keep on going, keep on believing, keep on praying. And if I can, I just want to go to the book of, uh, of Genesis to a story with Isaac and just take you through this story that just shows you how he kept on going no matter what came. It turns out pretty good in the end. Are you cool? Let's go. It says in Genesis 26 verse 1, it says, Firstly, now we'll put it on the screen, now there was, read it with me, a famine in the land. Maybe for you the famine's a relationship. Maybe you're waiting to get a job. Maybe some of you that are married are trying to start a family and it's a little bit difficult. For some of you, it's, it's just life's been tough. There's famines. The Bible doesn't say everything's going to be perfect. In fact, Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. He promised it. He guaranteed it. Trouble comes. And then everyone runs back. They're in this land and everyone runs back to, to Egypt. And it says in Genesis, goes on in verse 3, it says, God says to Isaac, stay in this land for a while and I will be with you and I will bless you. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and give them all these lands and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. Then it goes on in verse 12. So Isaac planted crops in that land and that same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. The man became rich and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. I just want you to understand something and I've realised this over you know, just a few more years than some of you guys in this room is that despite the good seasons and the difficult seasons, when you follow Jesus, you are favoured each and every day of your life. No matter what difficult times you've gone through, you can have peace, you can have comfort, you can be okay because you are favoured. 
I mean, I didn't feel to share this, but I just want to say it and encourage you. I remember when we had that moment in Queensland and we lost thousands of dollars on a holiday and I came back to God and said, God, you know what? This, this is unfair, but it's okay. I'm favoured. Can I say it? Since then, with no hinting, no asking, no telling, we've had triple the amount of what it cost us for that holiday be given to us by the most random of circumstances. I'll tell you why. Because I'm favoured. You need to walk into what you're li- how you're living and where you're going and what you're doing because you're favoured. When you found Jesus, it wasn't just you received salvation. An exchange happened where because it talks through Scripture how favoured Jesus was. Because Jesus was the Son of God, He was favoured by God, meant He had the presence of God, meant He had the blessing of God, meant He had the love of God, meant He had the attention of God. And when Jesus did the exchange with salvation for your life, it was He took your sin and death and you took His favour. The same way Jesus is favoured by the Father, you are favoured by the Father. No matter what you're walking through, your posture has to be, whether it's good or whether it's bad, I am favoured as long as I keep following. Surely, everyone say, surely, surely, goodness and mercy are going to follow me all the days of my life. I mean, last year, so many walked away from God. Last year, so many gave it in. So so many pulled back. You make a decision in your life that despite what comes my way, I'm going to keep on stepping, keep on believing and keep on following. So the season's not right for sowing. But Isaac does it anyway, because I tell you what God loves, God loves faith. If you want access to anything in this world, you need a password. If you want to access an Instagram or a TikTok story, you need a password. If you want to access finance, you need a password for the bank. If you want to access connection, you need a Wi-Fi post password. If you want to access information, you need a computer password. If you want to access music, you need a Spotify password. In the kingdom of God, the way you access everything that God has is through the password of faith. Faith is the way you get the attention of God. It's not righteous living, although you want to live righteously. And it's not turning up on Sunday, although I encourage you to turn up on Sunday. And it's not how high you lift your hands or how many passages of Scripture you get into you, although faith comes through hearing and hearing by the Word of God. But the way you get the doorway that releases you into the blessing and favour of heaven, the way you get the attention of God in every moment of your life, the way you maximise the favour that God's already put on you through the exchange of Jesus on the cross, the way you get the blessing, the worship, the information, the connection and the stories is through faith. Now, faith is not an assurance that you're going to get everything you want. But is a guarantee that you'll get everything you need. But when you live in what you need, he says, not only will I give you that, I'll give you exceedingly abundantly above everything you can ask, think or imagine. But it starts with having faith that God will do it, how he does it, when he does it, however he wants to do it, and you're okay with it. So Isaac sows in faith and he gets a hundredfold harvest in famine time. It's irrational. I encourage you, I feel this in the Holy Spirit. Some of you are going to be encouraged by God to step out supernaturally in faith, in generosity, in things you step into, in ways you serve in the church and the way you evangelise, things you do in your university, in your workplace this year. And it won't seem logical, but if you know it's the Holy Spirit, step into it because there's a harvest on the other side. So Isaac gets a hundredfold harvest, but we all know it doesn't end there. It goes on in verse 14. He acquired so many flocks of sheep and goats and herds of cattle and servants that the Philistines became jealous of him. So the Philistines filled up all Isaac's wells with dirt. So the enemy comes, he's got these wells and the wells are what allow him to have the harvest. There's a water source. And the enemy comes and puts dirt in the wells because the enemy, Satan can't take away your favour, so he'll try to take away your flow. 
Because the enemy can never rob the favour that Jesus gave you. He'll try to make you dry and he'll try to take away the flow of heaven into your life. See, you might be dry, but you're not out. What you've got to go do is dig another well. Stop talking about the well that's gone dry, the season that's been difficult, the time that's been tough and go dig another well. Two Christmases ago, we went, my wife and I, Shana, most wonderful person in the world, uh, we went and did all our Christmas shopping and we nailed it in one day and we got home exhausted and, and, and we, Shana's put the shopping down and that night, I, I, it was Monday night, what I do is I, I, I take the rubbish out, it's one of the things I do and, and often uh, Shana's puts the rubbish on the back of the front door. So I went to the front door and I picked up the rubbish and I took it out to the bin and the bin got collected the next morning. And later that night, Sean said to me, have you seen all the Christmas shopping? I'm like, well, what did you do with it? She said, I put it on the back of the front door. Which time, firstly, I ran and I prayed in tongues for a long time. And she said, I put it in front of, on the back of the front door. And she's like, yeah. I said, well, you put the rubbish. And she said, it wasn't rubbish. And I said, well, I chucked it in the bin. And we went back and forth whose fault it was. And because she's not here today, we agreed it was her fault. But it didn't go that way. I'll tell you what happened is that following Saturday, Shana stayed home and I had to go buy every present again. She's wonderful, but she's vindictive. Sometimes you just got to go, it is what it is, and go dig another well. Go out and go again. Isaac has dirt thrown in his well, his source, his life, his promise, his answer, his gift from God, and it all suddenly goes dry and he doesn't complain about it, doesn't talk about it, doesn't whinge about it. You know what he does? In verse 19, Isaac's servants dug in the valley and discovered a fresh well of water there. Whenever you read water, you realise it's a fresh well of the Holy Spirit. There's a fresh anointing, there's a fresh grace, there's a fresh flow, there's more for your life. And Isaac has a little dry season because the enemy tries to take you off track because he thinks if I can dry you up, I can move you on. I can get you out of here. But what Isaac realises is that the well was never the source. There was a reservoir under the ground. You see, the, the what supplied you and provided for you, gave you the answer and the comfort and the hope in the previous season, that person, that situation, that job, whatever it is, might let you down. But it was never the one that gave you favour in the first place. There is a never-ending supply of living water that's available just another dig away. There's no limitation on flow, just sometimes our waters get muddy. God has not stopped favouring you. Maybe you've just gone through a tough season. Maybe you just got it a little bit wrong. There's not a water restriction. It's just a fresh dig away. Maybe you've been thinking the wrong thing, looking at the wrong thing, being with the wrong people, trying, whatever it is, it's not that you've ever lost your favour. It's just time to go get a fresh flow again. We get stuck in disappointment and hurt and frustration and complaining and complacency. And in the midst of all that adversity, you know what he does? He just goes and digs another well where you'll find fresh water. So you know what it does, he moves on and it goes on though, it says that, but the shepherds from, verse 20, from the shepherds, but from came and they claimed the spring. They said, this is our water, they said. And they argued with Isaac's herdsmen about it. So Isaac named that well Esek, which means argument. What does it mean? Argument. So he digs a well, hundredfold harvest, they throw dirt in it, he goes, digs another well. Now some herdsmen come from, and they say, this is our well. And do you know what Isaac does? He digs another well. What Isaac does is he calls that well argument and he moves on and digs another well. Do you know what he does? He calls it for what it is, doesn't whinge about it, doesn't complain about it on Facebook, doesn't talk to their friend about it, doesn't go to another church because of it, doesn't leave the job because of it, doesn't quit life or get into a bottle because of it. He calls it for what it is. It was an argument. And you know what he does? He moves on. 
And he digs another well. Sometimes we over-spiritualise it. Oh, the devil's just attacking me. Oh, it's just this season. Oh, that per- whatever it is. Oh, just me- Sometimes you just got to go, I messed up. I got it wrong. They're a jerk. It's COVID. It's the Queensland government. It's whatever it is. You can choose to blame someone or you can worship. I've realised something. The opposite of worship in life is not being silent. The opposite of worship is blame. Right at the beginning, we were created for worship. And when we stopped worshipping and went to the tree and God came looking for Adam and Eve to say, where have you gone and why have you stopped worshipping? Their response was to blame. So from that moment onwards, we have two choices. I worship or I blame. And if you've gone through a dry spell, if there's dirt in the water, if someone's caused you to have a heartache or an argument, call it for what it is and get on your knees and begin worshipping again and dig another well. It's not about the fight at home. It's not about this patch. It's not about this sore. It's not about any of that. It's about the well. It's about the water. So then Isaac's men dug in verse 21, another well. But again, there was a dispute over it. So Isaac named that place Sitna, which means hostility. Hostility tries to change you. It's more than an argument, it tries to change who you are. And sometimes you're right. Sometimes you have been hard done by. Sometimes it is a sucky season. Sometimes it is unfair. There's things that where I know I'm right and I'm in the shower arguing with them. Not really. They're in, the, in my head. I'm, I'm having a fight with them in my head. And because I, 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 cause, cause I know I'm right. But I can't change it. And I just got to call it for what it is. Because you know what? The water matters more than the well. The flow of the Holy Spirit matters more than the person, the job, being right, that argument, that historical point that to hurt you. The water matters more than any of that. Sometimes, if I can, we're waiting for a pastor to pray for us or someone else to give us the answer. But you've got to dig it yourself. Not long ago, I went camping. I'm not much of a camper. So we had the campground. We had the camp tent. We had the camp bed. We had the campfire, we had the camp marshmallows, and it was wonderful because it wasn't actually camping, it was glamping. Has any, have any been glamping? Been glamping? It's for men like me that aren't really men. I don't have grease on my hands, I have Nivea for men. So I went glamping where they set the site off the ground. The tent was perfectly made and lit up. They had a queen bed for me and my wife with extra sheets, extra thick so that we wouldn't get cold. There were slippers next to the bed and before we stepped out. I didn't put my feet in them. I don't know where those other feet have been. I don't want tinea. There was, a, there was a bonfire ready made for us and they came and lit it at whatever time we want. There was marshmallows ready to go extra large, pink and white, and there was perfectly sized sticks. Truth is, I never went camping. I went glamping. And some of us do this with God in our situations. Is that we have breakthrough, but really the person that prayed for us had breakthrough. We got a revelation, but really it was someone else's revelation. We re- I love older calls on the first Adam, but sometimes we're so dependent on someone else doing the work for me because we believe in if they can prophesy, if they can pray, if they can give me a revelation, if they can speak into my life, then I'll get breakthrough. No, young person, you've got to realise that you're going to go through more than one difficulty. The world's going to get filled up again and again. There's going to be hostility again and again. But the one thing that never changes, the truth that sets you free is the Word of God. And for a touch of the Holy Spirit, a word from Him is better than any word from me. Go dig your own well. David had to encourage himself in the Lord. Daniel had to keep on praying when no one else would pray. I mean, Paul and Silas had to worship their way out. Isaac didn't even enter into the fight. He's like, 
see you later. I'm going to go and I'm going to dig another well. I mean, some of you are stuck fighting over the thing that you just need to get over, get back into the Word, get back into your knees, get back in worship and dig another well because the source of the well is not the well. It's the living reservoir that's under the ground. There is a direct supply to your life, your spirit, your situation and your soul. Just dig another well. Maybe just the keys can come. Abandoning that one in verse 22. Sorry for yelling, I get excited. I do it in cinemas all the time. Come on, Tom Cruise! Abandoning that one. Isaac moved on and dug another one. Come on, Isaac moved on and. This time there was no dispute over it. So Isaac named that place Rehoboth, which means open space. For at last he said, for he said, at last the Lord has created enough space for us to prosper in the land. Maybe what you thought was an attack of the enemy was God moving you into a new comfort zone. Maybe what you thought was opposition was actually God setting you up just to push in and learn and grow yourself. Maybe what you thought was the thing that was unfair was the very favour of God that you can't see with your, your, your human perspective, but He's an eternal perspective saying, this is good for you. Maybe waiting a while. I mean, no one knew what it was to wait. Noah waited, like it took so long to build that ark. And when he built the ark and the animals came, God made him wait seven days before he sent rain. And then he waited like another a year and two weeks or a year and four months. I can't remember what it was, but it's in there somewhere. And he had to wait and wait and wait and wait before God would let him out. And all that time of waiting, you could imagine he's thinking, how is it? So, how am I so unlucky? How am I so unfavoured that I'm waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting? Yet when you pull back from God's eternal perspective, it was the favour of God. Sometimes breakthrough and blessing is not where you've been, but it's found in the new source of water and rest and grace. It's found in Jesus, the one who met a woman at a well in John chapter four. This time it was Jacob's well. And said, you're getting water from there, but I'll give you water that allows you to never thirst again. Living water. Water that's good for your soul. This year, I don't know what you're walking into. I don't know where you've been, but what I do know is faithful and His supply never runs out. He's calling us to pray. He's calling us to be in faith. He's calling us to declare. He's calling us to grow. He calls it open space. It sounds like a new year to me. It sounds like 2021, open space. And then this last part, let me show you. I just love this. So it goes on and says, one day, everyone say one day. We'll put it on the screen. One day, King Abelech came. Why have you come here? Isaac asked. You obviously hate me since you kicked me off your land. This is the king of the people that came in. Skudush. And they replied, we can plainly see the Lord is with you. So we want to enter into a sworn treaty with you. Let's make a covenant. Swear that you will not harm us just as we have never troubled you. What? This guy's caused him heaps of trouble. We've always treated you well and we sent you away from us in peace. What the heck? This is the opposite of what they did. And look, now the Lord has blessed you. Can I tell you something? The people that hurt you don't know they hurt you. The people that let you down don't know they let you down. And sometimes we stay so stuck in the past when they're not even thinking about it, but we're stuck there. Isaac didn't, he just dug another well. So Isaac prepared a covenant feast to celebrate the treaty because when you live in the favour and prosperity and blessing of God, you don't need to get even, you just need to get into God. And they ate and drank together. And early the next morning, they each took a solemn oath not to interfere with each other. Then Isaac sent them home again and they left him in peace. 
Sometimes I believe the enemy stops fighting when he realises he can't win because you refuse to fight him. You don't need to fight him. You just need to put your attention on the one who gives you living water. You need to get in time with the Father, get in time with prayer, push into the favour and blessing of God. Isaac never has to prove a point to him because that enemy never controlled his destiny. You don't need to prove a point to anyone, to your mum or your dad or your boss or the person that let you down or the person you used to be with. You just need to keep on trusting that you're favoured. And because he did, last verse, you doing okay? Cool story, right? Because he did, it says in verse 32, that very day, everyone say that very day. Because the moment you can walk in breakthrough and you can really let go and you can truly have peace, that very day, everyone say that very day. I believe it can be this very day right here. I believe right here on the 17th of January, 2021, this very day, Isaac's servants came and told him about a new well they had dug. We found water, they exclaimed. You see, because he faithfully kept digging a well, digging a well, digging a well, eventually had open space. But then because he was able to move on and trust God, they found another source. This time not found by him, but this time it was a blessing on his family, a blessing on his servants. He was exceedingly abundantly above. All he needed was one good well, but he didn't just have that good well. He had another good well because you serve a God that doesn't just meet your need. But when you truly push in, when you live in faith, when you trust Him above all, He's a God of exceedingly abundantly above anything. Anything, anything you can ask, think or imagine. You just gotta find your flow. I think it's Psalm 37. It's close, it says, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. It doesn't say the stops and it doesn't say the leaps. It says the steps. You can't get there faster than you can get there, but what you can control is if you're stopping or not. Don't stay where you were. Don't stay in hurt. I mean, the hurt's real, but don't stay there. Recognise the difficulty, the frustration. Call it for what it is. He didn't ignore it. He called it an argument. He called it difficulty. He called it hostility. But he was responsible for his own spirit. He needed to have a flow in his life. So he dug a well, he moved on, and he found another source for him and his family. I want to encourage you. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. It says, though he stumble, he will not fall because he's lifted up by God's right hand. You're going to make mistakes. Trouble's going to come as you walk this journey step by step. There's going to be an occasional stumble. But as I follow the shepherd through the valley or the green pastures, as I keep on stepping and keep on stepping, it says, surely, everyone say, surely, surely, goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. Dry, lost your flow, you have not lost your favour. You have not lost your blessing. You have not lost His love. He has not changed His mind. He is not delayed or stopped. He is just looking for you to get out your faith, get out your tools and begin to push in in prayer, begin to worship, begin to believe and begin to declare that you are favoured and that God is on your side and God is good. Thanks for joining us on the Nova Church Podcast. We hope this message impacted you in a powerful way. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe or you can head to novachurch.com for more.